stage, we don't have any formal apologies, Chairs. Uh, um, other members will maybe join us. And if there's an apology, I will communicate that through the meeting. Thank you. Can we have a move and a seconder for the adoption of the agenda? Honorable Watsi. Thank you very much, Chairperson. I move for adoption of the agenda as presented. Thank you very much. Can we have a seconder? Members? Thank you. Honorable Motawum. Thanks, Chair, and good morning to everyone. I second the adoption of the agenda. Thank you very much. So our, our agenda has been duly adopted. Um, our first item of business is a briefing by the DTIC on its financial and non-financial performance for the fourth quarter of 2021-2022. Um, can I check who is leading the delegation committee secretary? Chair, it will be Mr. Shabir Khan. He will lead the delegation for, the, for today. Okay, acting DG. Over to you. Um, good morning, Honourable Chair, Honourable Members. Uh, um, a warm welcome from Houting this morning. We do have a bit of sunlight today. Um, Chair, within our delegation this morning, we do have a number of, of Deputy Director Generals on the call. We do have Mr. Stephen Hannibal, um, Ms. Sarah Chwane, Ms. Lorato Mataboche, Mr. Yunus Hussein, uh, Ms. Reka G1, Ms. El Elizabeth Van Rienen, uh, Ms. Irene Ramafola, Ms. Umpo Ramatle, and, and Dr. Evelyn Masocha from the uh, Consumer and Corporate uh, 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 Branch. Chair, uh, this morning we would purely be focusing on the fourth quarter report. Um, Chair, um, this is um, quite specific to the fourth quarter. Uh, however, at a later stage, we will be presenting a comprehensive report for the entire financial year once the audit um, will be finalized and, and we'll then be able to present the annual report. Chair, um, um, in our delegation this morning, we also do have Ms. Uh, um, Solofello uh, um, from the ministry, as well as Saroj. And um, if I can kindly um, ask Sulu to maybe assist in, in, in flighting the presentation uh, for this morning. Thank you very much, Ms. Mushi. Chair, may I kindly be given uh, flighting rights? Committee Secretary, can I give uh, sharing rights to Ms. Mushi, please? Sure. Ms. Mushi has been given um, sharing co-hosting rights. Okay, thank you. Let me just double check, Chair. I don't see it with... Uh, yeah. Here we go. Um, thank you, uh, Sulu. Uh, the outline of our presentation this morning covers the economic overview, 
the performance report summary, the highlights per program. Uh, we will provide a quick overview of the, achieve, uh, of the targets that were not achieved in this quarter. And lastly, the financial performance report, uh, which I would um, request the acting CFO to quickly uh, go through. Chair, uh, uh, would to the global economic outlook. Um, the global economic, uh, the global economy expanded by six point one percent in twenty twenty one, reflecting um, an expected recovery across regions in the second half of twenty twenty one. Uh, the global growth is projected to slow down from 6.1% in 2021 to 3.6% in 2022 and 2023. Um, this, uh, there is a downward revision um, as a consequence of the war in Ukraine. We've also seen war-induced commodity prices uh, increasing, uh, uh, war-induced commodity prices increases and broadening price pressures have led to 2022 inflation and uh, inflation targets uh, might be much higher um, as, as compared uh, to the projection of uh, January last year. However, the overall risk to the global um, outlook has increased due to the emergence of more transmissible and deadly COVID-19 variants, which threaten the resilience of the recovery, the economic cost of war expected to, to, further, to further spread a field through commodity price increases, trade and so forth, and fuel and food price rises already having a global impact and unexpected to continue to have a negative economic impact uh, on the most vulnerable. Moving on to the local um, front within the South African economy, um, here we've seen real GDP increasing by 1.2% in, in uh, Quarter um, four, following a decline in quarter three, and, and this growth was really as a result of the uh, increase or the um, rise in agricultural output, and, you know, mostly um, uh, in 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 the animal products uh, field. On the year-to-year -year basis, the the GDP has increased by 4.9 percent, and the 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 growth in in quarter four is a, is as a result of a rebound in consumer spending and some improvement in fixed investment. Um, trade performance, um, in terms of our trade performance, um, after, uh, um, after soaring by 4.1% uh, to 475 billion rand in quarter four of last year, the first quarter of 2022 saw South African exports dwindling by 3.7%. Uh, whilst imports have also grown by 4.1%. Despite a gradual moderation in the trade surplus, South Africa's trade balance with the rest of the world remains positive. The value of exports in 2022, uh, the first quarter was largely driven by exports of precious metal, products of iron and steel, machinery, chemicals, prepared foodstuff, wood pulp and paper, etc. Moving on to the next slide, which provides a summary of the fourth quarter uh, performance report. In this quarter, we had 57 uh, KPIs and targets, and 48 were achieved, um, resulting in an 84% achievement rate. 
Um, uh, this slide provides a very um, high level overview of, of the different uh, um, targets um, in the across the different branches and, and the achievement uh, thereof. Moving on to the next slide, which is um, which we're going straight into the program one. In program one, uh, we have achieved um, the majority of the targets um, with regards to payment of eligible creditors. We've also achieved our target um, with regard to uh, employing persons with disabilities. Uh, here we have uh, the, we have achieved a target uh, um, an output or performance of 3.9% against a target of 3.5%. We've also achieved a target of women in senior management positions, uh, of, um, which is also uh, uh, a 4% increase as compared to, to the target. Uh, we've also seen 54 interns coming through an internship program at the department for a period of two years, and 40 of these interns remained in, in the public service. Moving on to the next slide, uh, which is our trade policy negotiation and cooperation uh, branch. Here, uh, starting off with the Africa continental free trade area, South African chairship um, uh, of the Africa continental free trade area institutions extended to June 2022, uh, following a um, uh, following a, um, the election of South Africa as the chair of this bureau in February 2021. Uh, since the 13 extraordinary summit, which was held in December 2022, we've seen significant progress with regards to with regards to the rules of origin. Um, currently, 87.7 percent of rules of origin have been agreed. And the remaining 12.3% will be finalized um, through an accelerated program by September 2022. Um, South Africa, through the South African Customs Union, have also increased its tariff offer to the Africa Continental Free Trade Area to 7,045 tariff lines. With regards to the G20, um, there was a senior officials meeting uh, led by the DGG of Trade. Um, and this was held in, in March, 2022. Uh, with regard to BRICS, uh, we've led South Africa's participation and intervention at the first BRICS contact group on economic and trade issues. Um, and this was held virtually in February, 2022. Um, with uh, regard to our bilateral with Taiwan, um, there was a number of agreements uh, with regards to strengthening investment and sectoral cooperation, including in textile, footwear and leather, ICT, business process outsourcing, special economic zones, e-commerce, automotives, and automotive parts. Um, both sides also have agreed to strengthen private sector party, uh, partnership by encouraging companies to participate in the Taiwan Africa Business Forum. There was also a bilateral with France in March 2022. And here the, um, the focus was largely on increasing or advancing South Africa's trade of, of valued uh, added manufactured goods, as well as also increasing the value of commitment by French companies at the investment conference. And last, last, lastly, the implementation of the MOU on export and investment pro, uh, promotion. Moving on to program three, uh, we've seen uh, a number of big investments um, 
the first one um, the, uh, the first one to report is the uh, 385 construction jobs which have been created so far uh, on the construction of the 1.1 billion rand edible oils plant uh, Wilma Processing South Africa Limited uh, at the reaches where IDZ. And um, this project is expected to be completed by March 2023. And also the construction of the pipeline, which will be used to pump crude palm oil from the dock ship at the port of Richards Bay to the Walmart plant has commenced. We also seen three investment pledges uh, that were made at the fourth South African investment conference with regard to the, uh, uh, from the Saldana Bay IDZ. Um, these uh, two of them have long journeys with, with Saldana, uh, namely Cape Oceans Terminals and Ankara. Uh, the third one is a, is a new one by the name of Africa Quartz, which is a solar energy manufacturing plant for the South African um, and African markets. Moving on to the next slide. Um, here there were a number of youth and uh, youth training and skills in, uh, initiatives. Um, here we've seen uh, two interns uh, completing an internship program under the Textile Center of Excellence program, and also one postdoctoral student uh, was supported uh, to complete the, the program uh, at the Nelson Mandela Bay University. Um, under the Fashion Design Innovation Center program in Mutata, we've seen 18 seamstresses which were trained in sewing techniques through a partnership uh, with uh, Department of Arts and Culture, and six fashion designers were trained in the CAD software. We've also seen through the Workplace Challenge Program a total of 101 enterprises comprising of 80 Black-owned, 52 women-owned, and 25 youth-owned enterprises supported through the Workplace Challenge Program. The next slide. Moving on to program four, uh, starting with the aerospace and defense uh, sector, um, 149 highly skilled jobs um, were created or re and retained through the Aerospace Industry Support Initiative. Also 20 SMMEs were directly supported for technology enhancement, as well as standards and accreditations. Um, within the chemicals, cosmetic, plastic, and pharmaceutical sector, um, we launched the active pharmaceutical ingredients cluster. Uh, we've also seen investment commitments of 500 million rand made by Aspen at the, uh, at the investment conference that was held in, in March 2022. Uh, there's also been international funding to BioVac towards increasing local manufacture of vaccines. And the next slide is the primary minerals um, processing and construction sector. Here we've seen the completion of the Inyaza Light Metals Technical Services Center and Lab. And this would be the first novel titanium dioxide processing plant in Richards Bay IDZ. We've also participated in the future coal procurement um, program, um, which resulted in eight supplies being retained under the company's enterprise development program. We also developed an electronic booklet identifying supply chain opportunities in the mining value chain. Within the textile, clothing, leather, and footwear um, um, program, uh, Galvina Africa, who was supported in the region of 12.5 million rand uh, to address um, to, uh, to, to address uh, employment, re-employment of 329 jobs, 
as well as the localization of, of uh, niche industrial textile material. The next slide. Um, here, um, within the agro-processing and resource-based industries, um, um, under the Sugar Master Plan, um, the department has recently also did a presentation on the Sugar Master Plan, and here we've seen some of the achievements with regard to some of the commitments under the Master Plan. Here we've seen deep sea sugar imports showing a 4% decrease from 2021-22, and an increase of 15% of imports from Iswatini and 45% from SEDEC. We've also seen the South African Sugar Association has allocated uh, to the South African Farmers Association 16 million Rand minimum sugar, a small scale growers premium payment, which was made in 2022 for three seasons. And this is in line with the commitments of the master plan of ensuring long-term success and the retention of small scale farmers in the sugar industry. And we've also seen that at the end of January 2022, 200 million rand was spent from the industry's five-year one billion rand transformation fund. Uh, within the furniture master plan, we've seen PG Bison successfully commission, commissioning its latest expansion project with the installation of a, the higher capacity dryer and fiber preparation facilities in its condo manufacturing facility in Pumalanga. And we've also seen two SMMEs supported in accreditation and certification to deepen South African capabilities. Um, these, um, um, these SMMEs are, are namely AR Jones Engineering, um, as well as Sonha Projects in, in Quebec, Eastern Cape. The next slide. Um, within metals fabrication, capital and rail transport equipment. We've seen a WILEC technical solutions provider, which is a black industrialist, commissioned its first ever continuous transpose conductor production line in January 2022. Um, and this is the is a key component used in bigger sizes of transformers for winding. And this new line will enhance local content and products and can also be exported to uh, other markets. WILEC is the only CTC manufacturer in Africa. In February 2022, Transport Engineering awarded Lucini, South Africa, an interim contract to, to support about 12,000 units of forged wheels. And, and, and this award will close some supply gaps arising from technical challenges experienced by Cast Products SA in the production of cast wheels. Naledi Ring Rollers, a black industrialist, commenced with the supply of rail wheel tires after resolving a long-standing working capital issues with the IDC and is ready to commence with the supply of both 34 and 36-inch wheels, uh, which, were, which was a recent contract awarded by Transnet Engineering. This contract was largely possible due to the designation of wheels under the Rolling Stock Local Content Requirement Program. Uh, the next slide. Um, this slide sets out some of the localization interventions. Um, largely, most of these interventions was prior to the Concord ruling, uh, which um, came about in February 2022. Um, in January, um, there was a tender by the Mahalisburg Water Board, which specified pipe requirements that would not uh, favor local manufacturing capabilities. 
uh, the tender call for products that could be imported from Spain, despite the availability of other locally manufactured alternatives that would be price competitive compared to the imported prices. Um, here, uh, the, the board subsequently requested a deviation from local content from National Treasury, who referred the matter to the DTIC. And upon reviewing the matter, the DTIC declined the request. Um, also, in March 2022, the industry board brought a non-compliance issue on the prescription of ductile, ductile iron pipes to be used in the Umzunyati district municipality tender. And this is despite the exclusion of using these pipes for state procurement as per the National Treasury designation circular. Accordingly, the DTIC intervened in this matter and the, municipal, the, the municipality has indicated that the tender will be amended accordingly. Um, the next slide. Uh, moving on to program five. Um, here it's the work around the, the, the bills, which the, the committee is familiar with. Um, starting off with the company's amendment bill, um, there were public and stakeholder submissions, uh, um, which were reviewed. This followed the publication of the bill in the Government Gazette for Public Comment Quarter 3. Um, the Liquor Amendment Bill was also reviewed, and there was a number of interdepartmental engagements on the government measures and approaches to liquor abuse. Um, also, the Lotteries Regulatory Impact Assessment to review the, pro the provisions of the Lotteries Act was finalized in February 2022, and the recommendations will then inform the necessary legislative changes. Moving on to program six, which is the industrial financing or the incentive branch. Um, during quarter four, um, there were 49 projects that were supported um, uh, to the value of 821 million rand um, um, with a projected investment amount of, of around 1.89 billion rand. Um, the number of jobs to be created through, these, through this support is 3,392 as well as 5,945 jobs would be retained. Through the support, we supported a number of Black-owned enterprises and industrialists, as well as women-owned enterprises. And there was one youth enterprise that was supported, as well as a number of SMMEs that were supported. Also, 14 special purpose, uh, uh, 14 special purpose uh, corporate vehicles for the film and television production we, we supported through um, some of the uh, measures from this, uh, this program. And the next slide. Uh, here, with regard to the um, supported pro or the projected localization as a result of the support, uh, starting off with the automotive sector, we've seen projected local procurement from uh, um, component manufacturers um, and as part of the automotive supply chain to the value of 15.3 billion rand. Uh, similarly, uh, with regard to the film sector, we've, we've seen supported productions in South Africa having a projected spending of 1.2 billion rand in the local economy. And similarly, we've seen supported productions who will procure services to the value of 868 million rand from black suppliers. The next slide. Uh, this is a, uh, uh, a slide that, that shows the geographical spread of the support um, as per the quarter four. Um, 
and and this is largely um, the uh, the programs that we've supported through the uh, Black Industrialist Program, as well as the other support measures uh, that has come through um, uh, through uh, from the industrial financing branch. And the next slide. Um, this slide provides a, a quite a nice overview of the uh, of the support uh, across the different programs with, regard, with regards to industrial infrastructure. Um, uh, there was a, an approval of 167 million rand uh, to support various projects, uh, 30 million rand towards the agro processing on the agro processing program, 1.8 million uh, or one. 1,824,500 rand from business process services, uh, creative industries, 264 million rand, mineral beneficiation, 54 million, automotive was 263 million, and uh, renewables or the green economy was 27 million. The next slide. The next slide uh, shows the disbursements that we made in this quarter. Uh, we made disbursement of around 1.5 billion rand and this supported investments of around 5.5 billion rand in the economy. Um, and these investments would have supported uh, new direct jobs of 19,103, 63 construction jobs, as well as 5,091 jobs to be retained. Um, the next slide provides um, an update on the support that the department has been making towards the companies that were impacted by the July unrest um, and um, the uh, committee members would have uh, 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 would have been made aware at the time uh, the minister has announced a 3.75 billion rand uh, package that supported various uh, companies uh, throughout. Um, as of today, uh, two, uh, as of quarter four, we've seen uh, 217 economic rebuilding approvals uh, across various uh, programs, um, uh, 171 coming from the National Empowerment Fund, Economic Recovery Fund, 34 from the IDC, Unrest Business Recovery, as well as the critical, 12 from the Critical Infrastructure Recovery Program. Uh, the industries that were supported were in, in the education sector, health economy, construction, logistic services, other services, manufacturing, agro-processing, property management, retail. Um, and through the support, uh, a number of jobs were, uh, were retained or, or saved across the various sectors. And, the, uh, and, and here we've seen um, a, a large number of jobs that were saved within the agro-processing sector, as well as clothing, textile, footwear, and leather, property management, retail, as well as logistics uh, services. Uh, next slide. Um, program 7 is our uh, export program, and here there were a number of um, business to business engagements and events um, during this, uh, this quarter. Um, the, uh, the team also participated in a binational commission, and a number of companies were supported through the MBA program. Um, and and, and um, in fact, uh, um, the, the number was 43 companies. And there were also three trade and investment missions. Um, a total of 253 individuals benefited from 15 export training and export 
Awareness Initiative, and one impact assessment report on export promotion and development was initiated during this quarter. The next slide just provides an update on the uh, Dubai Expo, which recently con concluded in March 2022. Um, and here a number of companies uh, were supported through the, um, the physical pavilion that was in UAE as well as also um, assisting companies um, um, to various uh, uh, virtual platforms. Um, Traffickers show, showcase serve as, um, to Dubai uh, serve as a showcase to present to the world the best of Africa had to offer in terms of trade, investment, tourism, as well as sports, arts, and culture. And through this initiative, the country was able to profile a range of sectors, including agriculture, agribusiness, clothing and textile, automotive, mining, capital equipment, tourism, hospitality, and manufacturing. Um, opportunities in renewable and clean energy, uh, fintech, healthcare, digital technologies, defense, and aerospace were also presented. Uh, were also presented. Uh, initial indications uh, out of this uh, expo um, indicated that close to 90 business leads were generated with an estimated 290 million in potential returns. And this is something that the team is working uh, to ensure that uh, these are, are then realized. Moving on to program eight, which is our investment branch, Invest SA. Um, the, uh, the branch or the colleagues achieved an investment pipeline of 124 billion Rand in this quarter. Uh, we also co-hosted the fourth South African Investment Conference, which was held in March, 2022. Um, um, there were 11 ease of doing business engagements uh, with various technical working groups as well as stakeholder engagements, 114 investment investor consultation engagement for rapid implementation. We, uh, we also assisted for, with 57 visa recommendations for technical experts of various companies and 49 intra-company transfers uh, for critical skills and permanent residency visas were facilitated as well. Moving on to program nine. And during this quarter, um, the department and the minister was notified of 63 mergers and the minister was advised to participate in seven of these public interest uh, considerations. Uh, uh, with regards to DP World, um, the Dubai Port World Logistics uh, merger with Imperial, um, here we participated in the merger on public interest grounds. And, and following the engagements and the negotiation between the Competition Commission, the merger parties and the minister, as well as the tribunal, approved the merger subject to the, the following conditions. Uh, the first one was around enterprise and supplier development and corporate social responsibility initiatives. And here, Imperial, Imperial will increase its enterprise and supplier development expenditure in South Africa. It will also increase its spend on corporate social responsibility initiatives by not less than 10% per annum and above the current 16.5 uh, million rand per annum. And in addition, uh, Imperial will spend an, uh, an additional 15 million rand over three years on training and development of black persons. It will also increase its annual procurement expenditure for black owned and black owned, uh, black woman owned businesses, as well as qualifying small enterprises and exempted micro enterprises. Uh, the next condition was the employee share ownership program. 
And here, within 24 months of the merger, uh, the merged entity must establish an employee share ownership program through which Imperial employees uh, will benefit from an effective 5% interest in Imperial Logistics South Africa through an employee trust. Amongst others, Imperial employees will not be required uh, to pay to participate in, in this program. The next condition was around employment, and here uh, no employees may be retrenched as a result of the merger for a period of three years uh, from the merger's implementation date. And the last one was around capital expenditure, and Imperial will, shall incur no less than 2.1 billion rand of capital expenditure in its African operations um, for, a for a period of four years ending 30th June 2025. Moving on to the next slide, which is program 10, which is our research uh, branch. And here uh, uh, we hosted an inclusive growth knowledge network webinar entitled Just Transition for Local Economic Development on the 29th of March 2022. Uh, this uh, webinar was attended by a number of national sector departments, provincial economic departments and, uh, and the entities as well as business and labor representatives. Um, the aim of this webinar was to exchange knowledge and ideas to enhance the just transition social dialogue, uh, as well as to unpack the theoretical and policy norms associated with the concept while addressing practical social, socioeconomic constraints and limitations associated with the required transformation. Um, moving on to the next slide, which sets out some of the um, the, the targets that were not achieved, um, starting on starting with the ones, the first one, which was the um, the fit for purpose structure. Um, here, this is something uh, following the merger of the two former departments. Uh, this is something that we uh, we still working quite closely on to ensure that we really do have a structure that is fit for purpose. Um, um, an RFQ was initiated uh, to assist the colleagues with, with this process. Um, however, through due to there were some delays uh, due to the uh, halt uh, on the procurement by National Treasury. Also, um, some of the training interventions uh, were halted as a result of some of the procurement delays. Um, however, uh, it's anticipated that these processes will be concluded in the first quarter of 2022-23 financial year. With regard to the um, um, uh, the governance framework, um, this review is still underway, and 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 the, this review will be carried over into the new financial year. And with the assistance of the economic research grant, uh, we 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 um, we have had a discussion uh, to ensure that the um, the acting CEO unit is capacitated to ensure that this. Uh, um, framework review is completed timelessly. Uh, moving on to the next slide. Um, here, uh, the, under program three, the annual report on worker community and HDI ownership. Um, um, this one, uh, the, the, the report in the form of a spreadsheet on ownership scheme and, uh, and participation uh, by workers was produced. Um, however, the quarterly target was not aligned to the annual target, and uh, the APP was corrected, but uh, uh, but due to the uh, due to it not being able to be tabled on time, 
uh, this alignment was not uh, could not be corrected. However, regulations were developed and our annual target uh, was met. Um, the, the next one uh, was the target of, of one master plan as per the reimagined industrial strategy. Uh, there was a draft plastics master plan that was presented and approved by the executive board of the department. And this one, this plan will now be submitted to the minister for his consideration. Uh, with regard to the target of 7 billion rand in terms of the value of investments that were leveraged, uh, we achieved 6.5 billion rand against this target of 7 billion. And, and the reason for deviation that fewer applications with lower investment values were received in the quarter due to the economic downturn and COVID-19. Uh, the next slide. Um, the next slide under program seven. Um, both those targets uh, were achieved as part of the total annual targets. However, uh, they were achieved in in, in prior quarters. Uh, hence, um, there's no need for any further corrective action at this stage um, due to the targets due to the annual targets being achieved. Um, under program ten, the number of economic uh, a number of district economic briefs. Um, this one was also achieved uh, in quarter two. And then the last one was around the um, number of research studies to identify future growth areas. Uh, this report was not uh, completed. Um, and, the, and, and, and here the focus was around the active pharmaceutical ingredient study, which is a highly specialized scientific field. And and here, uh, this this research uh, work would be outsourced, uh, and 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 the 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 then start the procurement process to then secure service providers to conduct this this study. Okay, um, uh, if we move on to the next slide, it's which is the financial performance. I will at this stage invite Ms. Irene Ramafula to quickly uh, take us through the next few slides and paper. And uh, we can then conclude uh, at that point and take any questions from the members. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, DG. Um, good morning. Um, on the financial performance for the department, as at the 31st of March 2022, um, Chair, we had an adjusted budget of 11.8 billion. And then out of that, we had spent 11.6 billion uh, uh, for the financial year. Um, that is a 98.32% spend for the department that we had. Um, when you look at the graphs uh, that we have on your right, um, the first one just explains and splits how the spending was uh, was basically done. Um, the, the bulk of it went towards the incentives of the, of the department, which is where our biggest budget is. Um, and then the second one we had, um, it was the infrastructure, uh, public entities as well, which are the transfers that we do. Um, there were other certain external programs that we did as a department and uh, the operating expenditure for the department. Going further down, Chairperson, to your left now, uh, it just explains um, what the, the, the specific amounts are. Um, we had 6.3. Um, I'm just breaking down that 11.6. 6.3 was that the infrastructure and the incentives. Chairperson, the 2.1 billion was the transfers uh, that went to the entities. And then we had 1.6 billion that was dispersed to various programs. Um, uh, 
uh, at the IDC and the CSIR, uh, such as the Social Employment Fund. Chair, uh, the other big spend was also on the operating expenditure, which was 1.5, which was about 13%. And then the smallest um, chunk of our spending went towards um, our some of our membership and, and, and NPO, um, which accounted for only 1.6%. And then if you go to the right, um, the, that other graph, Chairperson, it basically just explains, um, it breaks it down in terms of the type, um, what I've just explained here, the figures, um, uh, 4 million um, went to the incentives specifically, and then the infrastructure was the 1.6 Chairperson, just breaking it down again, uh, showing you how, where the, the bulk of our spending basically goes towards. Um, can you please move to the next slide? On the next slide, Chairperson, uh, we're showing you how the spending of the department has been uh, from quarter to quarter. And the quarter that we're focusing on right now, which is quarter four, um, we had projected that we'll spend about 2.9. We had spent 3 billion for the quarter, Chairperson, but you'll understand that the quarter we're looking at is now at, at the financial year end. Um, then cumulative, we had spent that's 11.6. Um, from the projected 11.8. Um, the, the expenditure for the fourth quarter has actually grown by about 37%, um, which then took us to this 3 billion that I was talking about. Um, and then the, the graph that you're looking at on your right, Chairperson, is just showing you our, our projections versus our spending for the department. We spent about 98.3%, uh, which I, I had explained on the previous slide, Chairperson. Um, if you can please move on to the next slide. Chair, on this slide here, we then explain um, the different variances in terms of what was the adjusted uh, budget versus the expenditure in, uh, from a program perspective and from an economic classification uh, perspective. Um, in terms of the programs, Chairperson, I will just uh, zoom in slightly on the ones that we had major um, underspending on. Chair, um, there are various reasons that the DG had already explained in terms of underspending, firstly. Um, just to add to that as well, um, under administration, Chairperson, uh, we found that there was, uh, because we're using virtual platforms as a department um, and, and virtual engagements, uh, we had a huge saving coming from that. Uh, so we understand from that perspective, and that actually affected all the, all the 10 programs of, of the department. And also, um, there were certain ICT initiatives that we wanted to, to, to conclude as the department, which we were not able to finalize as a result of um, the Concord ruling also, which affected us, which, which the DG also explained a bit in his reasons. Um, chair, and then under Program 3, Chairperson, uh, one of the key things was also, again, the, the virtual platforms that we had. And then also there were certain business advisory services that uh, the, the branch wanted to do, which uh, they were delayed um, um, for various reasons. Some of them had to do with COVID and some of them really had to do with um, uh, what came out of the Concord. Um, yes, it did come out by mid-Feb, um, but there were certain things that people had planned to do, which, which impacted uh, people's spending. Chair, and then uh, the other one that I want to zoom into is on program uh, program six. Um, Chair, uh, the DG had highlighted um, one of the reasons was due to fewer applications that were received. Um, also, another thing I wanted to include here is the fact that um, if you're looking at it, because now we're looking at the full figure for the financial year, is the fact that 
when we disperse, uh, we there are certain conditions that need to be met before we make any disbursements. And um, uh, we had certain recipients of the funds who had not met uh, key performance requirements, which are a condition for us to disperse. So there are certain disbursements which you also did not uh, do as a, we're not able to 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 fulfill as a department as a result of of the recipients not basically meeting the key performance requirements. Chairperson, and then the other one I want to uh, zoom into a bit is on program ten, which had a, a slightly bigger. Um, a variance, the 27. Um, this was mainly because of um, uh, certain studies which had been commissioned, uh, which we, which we, uh, which were not finalised as a dear end uh, chairperson. We can zoom into that if chair wants. Uh, but those uh, studies will be finalised now within Q2 of of this current financial year. Chair, on the economic classification. Uh, you will see that the biggest underspending is coming from our goods and services, and really it's it's informed by the fact that we're using a virtual platform for our engagements, number one, and also the Concord ruling that came out right at the end, um, which we, we had been explaining. Um, and then the other one, that last one, the capital assets, which had said that um, we're not able to finalize some of the initiatives that we wanted to carry out um, by, by the financial year end, um, as a result of us having to halt some of our procurement um, uh, procurement processes. Um, Chair, uh, with that said, I thank you. I will then hand over back to the DG. Thank you, DG. Thank you, Irene. We can conclude our presentation at this point, and we will then hand over back uh, to yourself for any questions or comments. Thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, so. Uh, members, as we hand over to you, we know that the purpose of this briefing is to assess the uh, performance of the entity against its resource allocation. Um, so I see Honorable Cuthbert's hand. Can I see hands, please? Cuth Honorable Cuthbert, Honorable Thring, Malabach. Um, Tuaku, Motawum, uh, Ramashi, and Miss Mbuyani, and Mbuyani. In that order, Honorable Kafka, thank you very much. Thanks very much, Chair. Chair, I think the first thing is just thank you to the department for a brief uh, presentation. I think sometimes we have officials who come and present to us and they waffle instead of just sticking to the content. And I think all the usual content was covered in a much shorter period of time. So good job to the acting DG. Uh, just a couple of questions, Chair. Uh, the first one being the reference to an investigation into the review of the lotteries legislation, if the acting DDG could, or acting DG rather, could please provide a little bit more information on that. And when there's a proposition by the department to bring that to the committee for consideration, um, is it going to be an entirely new bill? Is it going to be an amendment? Uh, I think that, that we would really be, you know, interested in finding out what the, the movement is on that. And then the second thing, Chair, is just regarding to a written question that I had submitted to the Minister. And I just wanted to understand something because this detail was not provided um, in the responses. 
and it relates to uh, employees of the department that are currently uh, under suspension or subject to disciplinary. Now, there's a chief director apparently that uh, is been fired for alleged fraud or suspended rather for alleged fraud. And I just want to understand what is the, the nature of that fraud. I understand that the Department of Agriculture is involved and it's unclear because there's not enough detail that's provided. So I would just like to understand, you know, what the situation is there. I think that's exceptionally important. And then there's also a, another staff member of the DTRC a deputy director that apparently failed to disclose a financial interest. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure what that means. Does that mean that the person, uh, you know, gave an or rather awarded a contract to somebody who they had a familial relation with, or what? Um, could we please just get a little bit of clarity on that front? And then, lastly, chairperson, and uh, I'm not sure if it's above the pay grade of uh, the officials here. But I just want to understand, in another written response, I was told by the minister that there was a, a delay in the recruitment of a, new D, or of a new DG because of the July unrest and because they needed to finish the annual performance plan. Can we just have an understanding of when this process is expected to be concluded? Because we haven't received a fixed date. We don't know if the advertisements have gone out. And you know when we're actually going to have a, a permanent DG in place, and I think it's important that both the committee and the public are aware of that, because we've seen what has happened in many other departments where they have acting DGs and other acting officials for long periods of time, and I don't think that it you know promotes the kind of continuity and sustainability, uh, you know, that we as the opposition are looking for particularly, and you know I think that suits the department best. So if I could just please have a response to those, thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honourable Cuthbert. Honourable Wayne Kring. Uh, <clears throat> thank you, Chair. Uh, Chair, my first question is with regards to our BRICS, um, the relationship that we have at BRICS partnership that we have together with um, our relations, trade relations with Taiwan. Um, Taiwan and China currently are not seen eye to eye, and um, there are military exercises by China um, in and around the Taiwanese um, area. Um, and so what, what role is South Africa playing, if any, um, with regards to these difficult relationships that we sometimes, political relationships that we sometimes see playing out? Um, and are there any plans in place? Uh, should, should there be, and um, hopefully they won't be, but should there be an invasion of, of, of Taiwan? Um, uh, are there any plans in place uh, with regards to the relationships that we actually have with, uh, with Taiwan and China? And what are those and what are those plans? The second question uh, is with regards to the industrialists that we have supported. Um, just a simple question there is, how many of these industrialists have actually uh, survived the, the lockdown? Um, so of the total number that we've supported, is there a figure of, of how many have actually been able to continue as a, as a going concern? Um, and, and maybe how many have actually closed down um, as, as a result of the lockdown? Um, the, the next would be, with regards to the small business, there's been small business department, uh, there's been corridor talks of um, this particular department being assimilated into DTIC, um, does the department support uh, this, these ideas? 
and is there any truth to the rumor that the small business uh, department is going to be or small yeah small business department is going to be assimilated um, into uh, DTIC um the next year perhaps i just need to say that every job created certainly is and every job saved uh, in the view of the acdp is, is welcomed and we see that you know there's been that some 3000 or so jobs created over 5000 jobs saved um but clearly this pales in comparison to the high unemployment that we currently have um over 35% on the expanded definition and and over 40% uh, so over 35% in the narrow and over 45% on the expanded definition of unemployment. Um, so we have millions of people in South Africa, close on to possibly 10 million people um, un unemployed. Um, what, what, is, what is there to, to, um, to turn this around uh, to ensure that we actually uh, are seeing not just a few thousand jobs created, but what we need is, is millions of jobs created. I know it's a tall ask, um, but but uh, is there is there a plan uh, to see to see these hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of people um, uh, being employed? Uh, the the ACDP also welcomes the that the fact that we have a trade uh, a positive trade balance or, or uh, our balance on payments, um, and that is welcome. But um, would this not be further increased? Do you not agree? Um, to the to the acting DG, would you not agree that this would be further increased uh, if we continue to drive the policy of beneficiation, um, and rather than exporting? And, and I know that there, that there's some some positive strides being made with, <clears throat> with regards to beneficiation, but <clears throat> but if we if we were to look at uh, areas where we are not beneficiating and we are still exporting the bulk of our raw materials and then importing sometimes the finished product. Um, should we not actually be targeting these areas uh, and in that way continue to drive our uh, positive trade pa balance in, in the right direction as well as uh, improve the uh, the negative unemployment rates that we have? Um, and then what, what measures or, in, or interventions um, are there, if any, and I, I may have touched on this, to make many of our people that are unemployable, and that's that's one of the challenges that we have, is that a large percentage of those millions of people that are unemployed are unemployable because they lack skills? Um, and so, so is there is there any kind of pipeline process to to assist these who are unemployable um, through a process of of upskilling? And then finally, um, the the seven billion rand target that was not met, investment target that was 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 not met, is it is it due to COVID or or was it? possibly an unrealistic target. Thank you, Jay. Thank you, Honorable Sring. Uh, the next person is Honorable Alamacha. Thank you, Chairperson. Let me start by welcoming the presentation. As much as I welcome the presentation, I have just two questions that I think will assist me to depend my understanding. There's this issue of the interns. Now, question will be, what happens to the interns employed by the department post their internship period? Does the department have sufficient capacity to absorb them permanently? If so, how many can it absorb permanently? 
uh, uh, what do you call chairperson. I'm asking this because the issue of intents do assist. Now, them now had to be laid off is where it becomes a problem. That is what influenced my question. Now, the other one question will be under program nine, competition and economic planning, the DTIC attributes underspending mainly to delays in disbandment to the DTIC. You will remember the Dirisano construction as there were challenges in the financing model. And this was the key contributor to the underspending. Can the DTIC explain those challenges and what has been done to address these challenges? Chairperson, I understand I've got the challenge of the network. Those will be my question for today. Thank you very much. Thank you, Honorable Malamacha. Uh, on, Honorable Twaku. No, thank you very much, Chair. I would like to just to switch on my video because I've, I've got a serious problem of the network. Apologies for that. So, uh, Chairperson, the <clears throat> I have a couple of questions there. In in program three, it says special industrial industrial development and economic transformation there, and then there was an underspend there. What was what is that? Um, can they unpack it? Um, the the areas where they they, they actually underspend on. <clears throat> and then the next one was the program ten, economic research and coordination. Also, there's an underspend there, if I'm not mistaken. Now, can they can they unpack which studies that are not that are that they are doing, and um, the progress thereof? Um, um, yeah, because so that those are for me the areas. If you're serious about job creation, these are the areas where you should be actually focusing on and be spending on not the ones of administration of salaries and incentives that one i really don't care about and then also can i get a clarity what is this uh, the spend of the budget 40 percent on dic business incentive what 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 what, what is what is actually that um that's almost 40 percent of the budget is actually going there <clears throat> can i just get a you know the you know the the, the clarity on that when they when in the department, there's always talking about master plan. What is this master plan? I say that. Uh, is it a plan of other plans? Plan of, of, of another plan? And were those plans complete so that now, or they did not work so that now you're coming with a master plan? What is a master plan? Because it's like there's a, there's a festival of master plans everywhere. And then these master plans, when are they going to be completed? Do they have a time and date? You know, because I don't want to spend the, the, my, my, uh, my term not actually even implementing one thing that is actually revolutionary. Because it's a master plan of a master plan of master plans, 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 plans. When we're going to get down to do the, the job, actually? Are these master plans having times and dates? And then there's a, um, 
all this disposition on a chair, you know, my my worry is that we get numbers. Ne? Okay, myself, I'm member Chwaku sitting in some place here. I'm getting numbers from the department. But I think that within this committee, we've been asking in terms of the proof. List of this camera, I agree with the with the member Singh. Which are these companies, you know, that um, you know that are there operating, or maybe now they've closed down, and all the, those kind of stuff. And when they saying that they supported this and supported all the, where is the, the the proof? Because I just see numbers and I I can't do a verification. And I think I I think I did uh, I requested from 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 you chair, uh, maybe from this committee to say, can the department supply a list of the of these companies that the ITC and all other entities are funding and these companies are operational because most of these companies that ITC, they've been you know, claiming that they are funding and creating jobs and it's working fine. Some of them, we watch them on TV, they're actually closing down. Like the minister there stood up in, in, in parliament and says that, you know, we have the first bio, what is a vaccine? You know, the vaccine manufacturing, uh, you know, company there in PE. That we, we just got from the news that that thing is actually closing down because there's no one ordering anything. There, and then there's another one now, the migration as well. The digital migration factor, I think it's in the Eastern Cape somewhere. Why there were some rumors that also that it's, uh, it's actually going to be closing down. There was a condom factory. That was, you know, put in, and then IDC came in there, and the government is closing down. Now that's why I'm saying that with this, I always take this, uh, um, this report with a pinch of salt because I need verification. I, I, I can't just work on something that is pie in the sky. I, can, I need to say because that one is working, that one is not working. This one is working, that is not working. And I agree also with my other colleagues to saying that sharp jobs. They claim that jobs are being created. But again, I ask a simple question. Does the department know what is an unemployment rate in South Africa? And to say, you got an unemployment rate of, let's say, four or five, something like million. Is the department making a dent on that? Are there these master plans that they are giving us addressing that? And if not, when is it going to do it? Do we just throw hands in the air and say, okay, fine. It's not going to happen. For example, in the other committees, like for example, home affairs, you have a problem of, let's say, choose. Now, but then go and say, what are you going to do with that? How many, what, which, what are the hotspots? They go and, and give us, okay, we've got almost, let's say, 100 or something hotspots. This is what we're going to do. We're going to start like this and like that and like that. Now, the department, I ask them, is it your mandate to actually create jobs and come up with all these things here? The department target to say, we want to dent those jobs there. And this is the plan that we're actually going to be doing. 5,000, you, 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 yeah, you, you just, okay, you created, but it's not making a dent, and there's a huge bloodbath. Now, these, uh, there's a lot of billions which have been thrown around on, on incentives and all other things that I don't understand. But are you, are there how many industries which are being opened up and created jobs? That is what we want to, to, to know. Maybe, Chair, I will propose that. 
these uh, meetings are short because people they present and then they go is it possible sometime we have a workshop or some kind of a, a meeting where we can interrogate these things properly maybe if it's a whole day meeting that is what in the department of economic development and rural in the scouting must present we ask questions they answer we, we, we answer we ask follow-up questions up until we are fine because there are some things that we want to ask i mean but for the sake of time we say okay fine maybe in the next time but you know maybe there will be no next time because there's a different report we want to interrogate all this report properly what economic research are you doing what are you doing to create are they operational now? Where are they? And then we want some of them to come and visit those companies and the ports to come and tell us, yeah, okay, yes, we've got one, two, three, and four, so that we don't have a hearsay person. So I would propose maybe chair at some point, let us have this strategy session or a workshop with the a committee and the and the department of the, of, 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 of this, uh, you know, the details, so that I'm able to ask and satisfy myself, okay, maybe it's fine. And also we invite different schools of thought of economists, it's fine. But myself, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, mine, I actually left economics, the general social economies. If there are other uh, economists there that they have, uh, we invite all of them. They tell us, well, how are we going to grow this economy? Are we in the right track? Last one, Chairperson. The minister, the minister, you know, in many in many committees that I've attended, maybe the minister will be absent once or twice, uh, maybe, you know, and they will stay there for a long time up until this uh, a committee is finished. We request that the minister must be here to answer questions as well, please. I know that, you know, you've got Minister in the Home Affairs, even though we did not disagree, we did not agree each other, but he was there listening, even though he's very busy. Even in the public works, uh, Minister Tititilil, you should, will, will, will always be there. So we request that the minister must not come to this meeting and stay for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and tell us all these uh, wish lists, and then it disappears. He must respond. We want him to be here. I Thank, thank you, Honorable Saku. You have been heard, especially regarding the workshop. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, only two questions. One, there are a number of bilateral engagements the department has held with various countries. My question is um, what direct benefit is expected to emanate from these engagements? And how will they assist South Africans in creating jobs and reduce, reducing uh, poverty? The last one, Chair. Uh, the DTIC attributes understanding in the most program to lower than expected compensation of, employment, of employees due to the low cost of living salary adjustment. Can the DTIC expand on this? Thanks, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Motawu. Um, Honorable Burns, Mamashi. 
Uh, thank you very much, Honorable uh, Chair. Um, I think, Honorable Chair, let's 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 welcome the report and uh, at least agree with the Honorable Court, who was quite short and concise. Is it just me or have we lost Honorable Burns Monashi? It's not just you, Chair. Okay, I think Honorable Burns Monashi, if you can hear 
as you must switch off. I think you can switch off to proceed, but you might be logged out soon. Are you still there? Honorable Burns, I'm not Okay, this gone. Okay. Maybe we'll make a comment with the then we will maybe proceed. Okay, thank you. Let's do that. I think the next member is on the following Thank you for the opportunity. Thank you very much, Honorable Mbiani. Uh, Honorable um, Burns Namashi. Well, thank you very much, um, 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 Chair. You see, these are challenges of being in a rural province. The network sometimes it uh, creates difficulties. Um, I, I, I was just uh, on that point of the, the, the export, uh, which is a, a grave concern. Because if we export raw material, it means we are equally exporting jobs. Why is that happening? I would be very much interested. And 
what is the plan to actually circumvent uh, this uh, kind of exploitation because I consider it to be economic exploitation. Uh, on, on program three, construction of a 1.1 billion uh, edible oil plant. Now, in concrete terms, my question would be, how much of this investment is private? And how is it funded by the department? What's the contribution? And secondly, uh, Honorable Chair, how much does it cost uh, the department to create one job? Because if you are just to use a simple arithmetic analysis. Uh, on the figures presented, one job seems to cost uh, at least uh, 2.8 million. Um, can, can the department expand on this? So that we, 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 we can know exactly um, uh, what is it that has happened? Was there any value for money? And 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 we 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 kind of uh, come up with a very clear and accountable, uh, prudent um, system in terms of which we use uh, the public funds. Thank you very much, Chair. Sorry, Honourable Moatse. Honorable Thring, do you have a follow-up question? Okay, Honorable Moatsi, you may proceed. Thank you very much, uh, Chairperson. Uh, on the funding approved of uh, 12.5 million for the re-employment of 329 people, for Jalvon Africa. Chairperson, we want to know or to get clarity on the status of these jobs. Are they permanent or temporary jobs? And what was the reason for the loss of jobs in, in the first place? Uh, second question, uh, Chairperson, what is the extent of investment support was provided to local production of films and documentaries telling South African stories? Thank you very much, Chair. Thank you very much. Honorable Three, are you there? Okay, we take it. It's a legacy. And I just have one question myself on the review of the governance framework that was not completed in the last financial year. And to just hear what is the resources that are required and by when will it be completed? Uh, over to you, Acting DG, and your team, of course. Uh, thank you, Chairperson, uh, for um, and to the uh, honorable members for those questions.
Okay, there were a number of questions. So I'm going to try to maybe go through them in the order that they were um, um, asked so that I don't miss any. Um, the questions from Honorable Cuthbert with regard to the lotteries legislation. Um, I do know we have quite an extensive um, program around our regulations, and I would um, um, request um, Dr. Evelyn Mosocha to uh, to come in to then respond to that. With regard to the employees who were suspended, um, the um, we we have uh, as um, Honorable Cuthbert has indicated there was a, a formal response um, to the PQ from from the minister. Um, but just to indicate that uh, with regards to disciplinary matters, um, we do have a uh, our human resources or corporate services unit that manages this. Um, um, just very quickly, just with regard to some of the detail, um, the deputy director who did not disclose uh, financial interest. So this is a DPSA requirement where annually uh, all senior management as well as those who work in the finance area have to actually disclose their financial interest. So this is purely a, a compliance matter which an official failed to, to do timely within the legislative timelines. And um, this is uh, despite numerous reminders being sent across the department. Um, so this is an isolated matter which the, the, the corporate services unit would be dealing with. Um, on the chief director, um, one that suspension, uh, that matter is still under uh, undergoing. Um, the um, Currently, um, it's very difficult to provide any extensive detail at, at this stage, um, as the department is still gathering information from witnesses. And one of the witnesses is, in the in, is from another department, so that the matter can still uh, move forward in, in that regard. Um, with regards to the acting director general, I'm sure if the minister was here, he would have provided a much, uh, a much more extensive overview. Uh, but this was also a, a PQ which the minister responded to. And following the, the uh, retirement of the former director general, uh, the minister they put together a transitional team comprising of the uh, deputy director, directors general, uh, to really provide some stability in, in leadership. Um, this was a transitional arrangement, uh, and uh, I've been advised that the, the recruitment process is now recommencing commencing following the completion of the department's annual performance plans. And I, I would think that this would be uh, completed within the next few months. Um, there was a question from Honourable. Yes. There are 32 questions, and I think some of them are interlinked. So I, if we can then just um, see if we can group uh, some of the responses instead of going through 32 questions. Sure. I'm afraid we'll run out of time. Uh, uh, but it's up to you, DG, to, to manage that. Thank you. Well, well, thanks, thanks, Chair. Um, there was a question of around trade relations with Taiwan. Um, um, this is a matter that's uh, being largely led um, by the Department of International Relations and Cooperation. I think the um, the members are familiar with uh, the matter on hand. 
And I think uh, South, Africa's, uh, South Africa's position has always been that of a, of a one China policy. And currently uh, the, the bilaterals are currently purely on an official level. And this is done under the leadership of, of uh, Durko to ensure that whatever we do from a trade perspective is, is, managed, um, is managed quite closely. Um, considering that um, that this is a very sensitive matter as well, um, there was a question of around industrialists um, and how many have survived. Similarly, there was um, a number of questions of around companies that were funded um, together with the beneficiaries, as well as some of the numbers. I think Shwaku raised quite an uh, um, uh, quite an important question. Um, um, Currently, the department on an annual basis goes through quite a rigorous uh, audit process. And uh, the numbers that which we, um, we provide in these presentations, as well as our annual report, goes through an annual audit. So th those numbers from, a, from an audit perspective, those numbers are verifiable. In, in addition to that, we do provide an annual report on incentives. And this provides quite a detailed list of beneficiaries who have been supported from the DTIC programs. Uh, similarly, IDC would do something very similar in the sense that they would also um, uh, uh, disclose or provide a, a list of all, pen, all companies that we supported through the IDC uh, programs as well. So this is something that we can provide um, and then maybe through uh, Sulu and Suroj, we will provide a copy of that report for Honorable Shrakum. And I think that would also provide um, good insight. But I think if there is a need for a possible workshop, just to go through the different programs, we could then uh, quite quickly uh, uh, provide that as well. The, the, there was a question of around small business, um, honorable thing. Um, uh, from my side, I think it's, it's above my pay grade, but uh, uh, Currently, within the cluster work, the Department of Small Business works quite closely with the DTIC. And a very good example would be the very recent floods in KZN uh, a month ago and now over the weekend. And uh, we've already seen the coordination of work between DTIC, small business, and other cluster departments in how uh, the department uh, then responds to that. The, there, was a, there was a question of jobs and and, um, um, and, um, and uh, there were a few questions around how some of the work we do support jobs uh, in, in this area. I will maybe ask our chief economist, I think he will be able to articulate this uh, a lot better than I can. And maybe he can just sketch out exactly how our different programs and instruments support uh, job, uh, job creation. Um, honorable thing, uh, uh, the trade surplus and your point around beneficiation, I think we in full agreement uh, with that. Um, uh, we would see that um, there's been a number of projects that have been supported um, uh, over the last few years um, to ensure that our primary minerals are beneficiated. And um, I know that um, in the recent mining in Daba as well, um, uh, um, the, there was a number of uh, projects which um, the, the minister has also provided. But if there is any further details, uh, if I can ask our my colleague from Invest SA, Mr. Yunus Hussain, maybe to provide some details of, of some of the very specific projects. 
But I think the 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 whole idea of beneficiation is to ensure that there is value add on, on what we do. And anything that we do export is value added manufactured uh, products. Um, the skills um, question is a very important one. There's a number of programs with directly within the department um, that deals with skills. Um, um, a, a, a very good one would be the uh, uh, um, in CMB program in which young graduates are taking, uh, taken into a program in which they are, are trained in regards to tool making. Uh, similarly, we work with the National Skills Fund on two programs called the Etukise program, uh, as well as another program in which uh, young graduates are trained, provided work um, uh, experience, and they are taken to a very rigorous program so that it, it provides them with uh, adequate um, experience to go into, into, the, into the job uh, market. Um, the seven billion rand target that was not met um, the around the incentive programs. Uh, this is a it's it's a it's a, it's one which we try to manage quite closely, but we negate to the thing. It's it's not an unrealistic target. We do have a pipeline of investments at any given time to the value of ten billion rand. Uh, from a from a cash flow perspective, it's it's. Uh, um, uh, any disbursements or cash that leaves the department is upon an investment uh, or investor realizing its investment. So we work quite closely with investors once a project is approved to ensure that they work within the time. And because from our side, it's, it's a very difficult one to manage from a cash flow perspective. Um, but in terms of the target, it is a it is a realistic target, and we currently have an a. a uh, investment book of around plus minus 10 billion rand. The, the question of around interns, um, yes, uh, we, it, it's quite an important question. And um, this is uh, something that we uh, uh, we work, in fact, it's a directive from the DPSA in terms of a certain percentage of our budget must go towards uh, employing incentives. Um, uh, DPSA also encourages departments to dedicate 10% of the department's vacant post to recruit and retain graduates with potential uh, beyond the graduate development phase into entry-level positions. And, and this is something which we uh, have seen that uh, graduates that come through this program, uh, some of them get absorbed within the department, but a large portion of them get absorbed within the broader uh, public uh, service. The question around the, the sound of fun is, is quite a... Uh, important one, uh, but also a very complex one in the sense that it's a the, the, the sound of fun arrangement came about um, um, a number of years ago uh, with regard to a competition matter uh, into the construction industry. And, and out of that uh, investigation, there was a settlement agreement between the Competition Commission and a number of construction companies. And um, uh, the settlement was that there was going to be uh, an annual uh, payment into the Stirasano Trust Fund. Some of these construction uh, companies are under financial distress. Uh, some of them are under business rescue. Uh, hence, the, the uh, flow of funds into the Stirasano Trust Fund has become, um, it has, become uh, has been delayed. 
and the department is working quite closely uh, with its legal team as well as the construction companies to see how we can then revive this so the 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 understanding in the Tirasano is predominantly as a result of those uh, uh, payments or the delayed payments from the construction companies um, um, as a result of, of that of that settlement the understanding questions um, I will hand over to the to, to the CFO um, um, uh, they would be able to respond to that and similarly with the 40% of the budget on incentives uh, the CFO would be able to articulate uh, that quite well um, the question of our master plans um, the chief economist will will definitely be able to provide that and I'll uh, hand over to him shortly uh, and then the question of around the uh, trade bilaterals and how this has a direct benefit with regard to job creation and uh, and, and and reduction in poverty um, that that's a that's quite an important one uh, what we what we do with all our trade engagement is to um, is to broaden markets uh, for South African producers uh, beyond South Africa. And what this does is that it then allows companies uh, in South Africa to broaden and to, key, to increase their local production. And through this increase in local production, it has a direct uh, effect on job creation. And this indirectly will also address some of the poverty, poverty uh, uh, questions. But this is, is, is what, we, what we attempt to do with all our trade engagements. And, 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 a, and a good example would be the Africa continental free trade area in which we will open up this market um, of over a billion people. Um, and, um, and what this does for South Africa is it provides enormous potential to advance South Africa's position in terms of exports and creating local jobs in the South African economy. Um, the, the question of, of salaries on understanding, I'll also have that question over to the CFO um, quite quickly. Trade relations, we've, we've done that one. Um, the question by, by Honorable Burns and Namashe um, are for on the Africa continental free trade area and how we, um, how we, what is our sort of a broad vision in terms of how we will then ensure that there is investment uh, in the continent as well as how do we ensure that exports, uh, that we exports, uh, 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 there's value-added exports in this. We do have a work program under DDG Lerato Mataboke, Trade Invest Africa. And I would just ask maybe uh, Ms. Lerato Mataboke just to come in very quickly to outline uh, how how we do we do that. The question of around construction jobs, um, the uh, Wilma plant, uh, what I can confirm is that that, that is a uh, uh, it's a 1.1 billion rand investment. It is a private investment uh, from the, the company. Where the department gets involved is through the SEZ fund, where we provide funding for top infrastructure. And that would then provide the construction jobs. So those, those two are very different uh, numbers uh, in terms of what we're trying to measure. But uh, our measurement would be the funding that's provided to, to, to Wilma in terms of, or to the SEZ, uh, for the construction of a top structure for this investment. And we would be able to provide 
uh, exactly what the construct, what the what it cost per per job, uh, and and uh, for for this particular investment. The question from uh, Honorable Umbuyani, uh, Chair, as I as I conclude shortly, the designation one uh, here. What we 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 want to do is uh, uh, through the designation. Uh, we we actually intervene in those two projects to ensure that local content is is considered, and uh, what we would uh, uh, what we did in these two uh, instances is to ensure that um, there is uh, local content is being being considered. Um, so these tenders would have to be re-advertised. The term of reference would have to be re-amended, but uh, flowing out of the Concord judgment. Um, uh, we the the department has been engaging a number of state departments entities to ensure that local content and local procurement becomes part of their uh, supply chain policies. Uh, this is a very important uh, instrument for the for for South Africa, and we want to ensure that this is not uh, uh, fallen off. And we are also engaging Treasury that with the new public procurement bill, this this is, is addressed. Okay, I, I would maybe very quickly. Uh, Come to the last question um, from my side, maybe the governance framework. Okay, the governance framework is something that we we uh, will deal with quite decisively in this in this financial year. We have also engaged the chief economist and some of the capacity within his unit to assist uh, in in ensuring that this uh, review is completed, uh, as it's quite an important re uh, review considering that we have quite a uh, a large number of entities within the DTIC's uh, family, and we want to ensure that this governance framework is dealt with quite timely. And this is the work that will be led by the uh, acting CEO. Che, if I can then hand over very quickly to Dr. Evelyn Mosocha, followed by Dr. St uh, by Mr. Stephen Hannibal, uh, Eunice Hussein, um, the uh, CFO, and then lastly to Lerato Matabohe in that order. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, Dr. Masocha. Morning, Chair and Honorable Members. Uh, morning, DG and colleagues. Um, in terms of the question that Honorable Cuthbert has uh, asked on the uh, regulatory impact assessment of the uh, of the Lotteries Act, we we have finalised that um, impact assess uh, regulatory impact assessment uh, review. We do these uh, reviews um, on an ongoing basis for different legislation that we administer. So the the plan is to then uh, undergo the legislative development process, which includes uh, the development of a policy policy around the issues that we identified and uh, policy concerns that were uh, raised in the regulatory review. So it, it is a, it's a bit of a uh, lengthy process and currently we just have a report and a study around this and we will then be looking at the policy recommendations that will then inform the legislation. Some of the issues that uh, were looked at were the model of the distributing agencies, the operating structure of the, uh, the operator, um, some of the definitional constraints that we have been identified and um, um, the issues of um, um, uh, illegal or unlawful uh, lotteries that are uh, taking place in the in, in the in the country that also competes with the lottery, 
and uh, Honorable Cuthbert, in terms of sharing of the report, how we uh, we can share it with, with Parliament. However, we try to keep them internal uh, before the legislative processes are finalised, but we will look into uh, sharing that report with the committee. So this is a, an, an ongoing process. So once we've it's been finalised, then there will be that those recommendations that informs the policy and then the legislative uh, development process. Uh, with the actual amendments that could come from that process. Thank you, Chair. Thank you, Honorable Masucha. I was the next in your list, Ms. Tanibal. Over to you, uh, Mr. Yes. Th thanks very much, Honorable Chair, and good morning to you and, and the Honorable Members, the DG and, and other colleagues on the platform. Um, so, uh, uh, Chair, if you'll allow me, I'll, I'll talk to the, um, the issues of the master plans and the employment strategy, um, uh, if that's okay. Um, so firstly, I think it was Honorable um, Twaku who raised the, the question of the master plans. And just to mention, um, uh, Honorable Members, that the master plans came in when um, uh, President Ramaphosa um, uh, put together his new administration in 2019. And we have around about 20 master plans within government as a whole. So within the DTIC, um, there are master plans in sugar, poultry, autos, uh, the clothing, textile, footwear and leather value chain, um, as well as furniture, and uh, most recently in uh, global business services. And, and really the way the master plans work is that uh, we, we get all of the social partners in a particular sector around the table to really talk about what it will take to grow a particular sector. So in the autos um, case, uh, it was clear that there were significant investments in the pipeline, um, but there were a couple of issues a few years back uh, around uh, labor market stability. Um, there were um, uh, issues arising around uh, the, the, um, the transition to electric vehicles. Um, there were issues around how do we uh, support manufacturers to get uh, product to the ports, and perhaps most importantly of all, there were issues around uh, transformation in the sector. And so the Autos Master Plan brought uh, organized labor, business, um, uh, and various parts of government together um, under the leadership of, of uh, Minister Patel to try and, and really thrash out some agreements um, on some of these issues. Uh, uh, which would result in much higher levels of investment in the sector, uh, would lead to stability in employment, uh, would in some cases grow jobs, and very critically would uh, eventually lead to the, um, the uh, putting together of a very substantial transformation fund of uh, about 6 billion um, rand. Um, and, and so those master plans um, are, are really a means for government working with the key role players in the economy, uh, being organized uh, labor and business uh, to unlock investments, um, to increase exports and to transform um, the sectors of our economy. Um, outside of the DTIC, there are um, some in the order of about 10 master plans being developed in other departments. These include uh, the Forestry Master Plan, which has been approved by Cabinet um, last year. Uh, there's a Digital Economy Master Plan. There's the Agriculture and Agro-Processing Master Plan, uh, 
which was launched by the uh, the Minister of Dalred uh, last week, and a number of other master plans. And they all have a similar uh, methodology to it, which is to say, what is it that government can bring to the party, but what is it that organized business and labor can bring um, as well? And, and I think our, our view, um, honorable members, is that the success certainly of the um, the master plans that have been approved so far is, is uh, I think, quite visible in terms of retention of jobs, uh, new investment in the sector. For those sectors like sugar and poultry, which were under threat from import and from uh, a lack of competitiveness in, in certain aspects, um, we've seen what we believe to be really positive developments where um, there's new investment uh, coming through, uh, jobs are being retained, uh, the new uh, entrants in the sectors, for example, in poultry, uh, as Minister Patel mentioned in his budget vote, there are um, a number of black contract farmers that are now supplying the uh, the big abattoirs. So that's that's overall the approach on master plans. Um, the master plans that sit outside of the DTIC are also progressing at pace. And as I mentioned, they follow a similar methodology um, uh, to, to retain jobs and increase investment and exports. With, with regard to the, um, the question from the Honourable Member on unemployment, I think it would be important, um, Honourable Chair, just to make the point that there's no one department in South Africa that is responsible for employment alone. Um, all of the economic ministries, um, as well as the ministries in the social cluster, are effectively responsible for employment. And so if you if you look at what um, government as a whole has been trying to do over the last uh, two to three years, you'll see that the presidential employment stimulus um, is a quite significant uh, uh, intervention um, to support job creation. It has a budget of about 24 billion. Uh, in the last financial year, it supported uh, job uh, opportunities of over 560,000. So that's one part of a really big intervention. Then there are a range of other parts um, that fit within the economic reconstruction and recovery plan. For example, as honorable members will know, the ERRP includes infrastructure investment, includes um, uh, rejuvenation of the tourism sector, it includes quite significant commitments by business on local procurement. And it's the combination of all of those factors and all of those interventions that uh, will have an impact on, on uh, employment and, uh, and help us to, to lower unemployment. The DTIC's role, of course, is on the industrial side. And although it's an important role, it's a relatively modest role in comparison to all of the other players in the economic ministries who um, uh, have important uh, functions, uh, such as, for example, the Employment Tax Incentive, which is uh, implemented by National Treasury, uh, the Youth Employment Service, which is a, a part DTIC um, intervention along with business to get young people into, uh, into jobs from which they can develop. And as the Honourable Member said, uh, I think it was honourable thing. In some cases, we we have found that our people are not adequately um, uh, skilled to start work uh, once they leave school or you leave university or Technicon. And so our programs like the um, Youth Employment Service are really around giving those young people the opportunity uh, to get into uh, the work environment and to and to build their skills. Um, just the last uh, uh, point on my side, perhaps, Honourable Chair, is Honourable um, Tuaku also raised the issue of the uh, um, the Aspen plant in uh, Nubecha. Um Just to say, Honourable Chair, the, the plant has not closed, 
um, what the uh, the Aspen company was highlighting um, to to all uh, actors in the economic space was the lack of um, support and the lack of orders uh, for its vaccines. And we agree that it's a, it's a significant challenge. We um, are also sympathetic because we know that Africa as a continent has not had the same level of vaccination that other uh, parts of the world have. And that's why our president and our minister have been arguing so strongly uh, that we, we need vaccine facilities in Africa supplying vaccines to uh, to African countries and to African governments. Um, but the plant is not closed down. Um, it's uh, it's merely signaling uh, that we we need to um, support uh, the uh, the vaccination drive so that we can, uh, in a sense, localize uh, vaccine production in in South Africa. Um, Honourable Chair, I hope those those were the um, the key areas um, that uh, the questions were raised on. Um, and uh, let me um, thank you for the opportunity. Thanks, Chair. Thank you. Next official. Who was the uh, next one? Mr. Yunus Hussain. Oh, Mr. Hussain, over to you. Um, good afternoon, Chair, uh, and honorable members. I'll just oh, touch upon. <laughs> um, I'll just touch upon the, the beneficiation question that Honorable Thring has asked. Um, and, and highlight some of the projects that we, we introduced at the mining in Daba. Uh, there's quite a few traditional beneficiation projects, but I just want to highlight some of them that were in the minerals of the future, particularly in our EV and uh, EV storage and battery uh, uh, market. Uh, and uh, in, in the case of the IDC, the IDC is both a funder as well as strategic partner in this projects, and some of them will be coming online early next year. For example, uh, the support that IDC is giving to Bushfell Minerals for the downstream vanadium value chain, which is essential for the deployment of grid-scale renewable energy storage technologies. Uh, second one is on EV materials, Ionix Takado battery. Uh, it's a processing of uh, battery materials for EV storage. And then a big one for the Gilgamesh projects, which is the processing of cobalt, nickel, and copper for EV and EV storage markets. Uh, and then we will see South Africa's uh, first vanadium redox flow battery manufacturing plant uh, implementation, which will come online by March 2023. And then there's another project which we call NMC, the nickel manganese cobalt. Uh, for developing, uh, for processing and developing lithium-ion battery technologies. So just to give you a flavor, some of the, the beneficiation, new beneficiation projects uh, that are online and uh, currently uh, scheduled between uh, the next 12 to 24 months to come online uh, in this space. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Mr. Hussain. Then we can next call on uh, Ms. Irene Ramaphola, the acting CFO. Okay, thank you. Over to you, Ms. Ramaphola. Thank you, Chair. Um, I will be covering the questions on the financial information. Um, Chair, the first part was on the, uh, they wanted elaboration on, on the understanding on program three and program four to understand what the issues were exactly. 
Program 3 Chairperson. Uh, This is the program where we house the BEE Commission. And uh, there is a process that has been underway uh, to try and basically list uh, the BEE Commission so that they can have their independence. Um, That process did not come to fruition by the end of the financial year, uh, but we had budgeted for that. Um, That also resulted in the uh, contributed to the underspending. And also as part of that, they had planned to um, basically also move out of the campus and and go rent some space somewhere else. Um, But looking at, at where we are financially, as government, the DTIC then decided no, it's best that we house them within the department. However, we had initially budgeted for them to move as part of them uh, listing, uh, which is a process that did not unfold chairperson. Um, so that contributed quite a bit towards the underspending. Um, the other part under program three chairperson, um, it's the issue of um, uh, SEZ uh, advisory board. Um, the the there is a process that is currently underway to to appoint the board uh so the board is not yet in place uh, so the work that needs to be done by that board which was budgeted for as well has not yet uh basically it's has not it's not yet taking place uh chairperson which contributed to the underspending under uh program 10 chair uh, they wanted to know what was this research that they were referring to. Um, there was a particular research which is called the uh, API, which is the active uh, pharmaceutical ingredients. Um, so what basically this does is it's um, it's chemicals that that uh, eventually uh, go into the make, making pharmaceuticals. Um, and that project um, it's also was not finalized at the end of the financial year chairperson, uh, which which also resulted in the in the huge underspending uh, within program ten. Um, chair, um, if I can then move to the the next question on the the COE, and uh, there was a question about why why is our why did we underspend so much under our COE, chair? I think on this particular one. Um, you you would have known. I mean, you know that within the department we do have a few positions where people are acting. We have we have a, a few uh, vacancies as well, which we are in the process of filling. But we have we are busy with the process of filling the critical positions right now. Um, we have uh, uh, those positions being the acting DG, being the uh, some of the DDGs which are currently acting. So that process is unfolding as we speak, chairperson. Um, so um, I take it as soon as these positions, critical positions are filled, um, then we'll be able to see uh, um, uh, what's what's basically left of our budget and for us to be able to then budget for other positions that we possibly need within the departments once we make sure that the entire structure is is, is fit for the purpose of, of the mandate of the department chair. Um, so that that the, the issues of of people acting and so forth has really contributed to the underspending. Um, and then, chair, on the on the last one, which which I have was our the which um, our biggest uh, spending line item, which is program six. To say what exactly is that, um, chairperson? It's incentives, um, and then within the department we have uh, different incentives. Um, the first one is export market and investment assistance. Uh, we support industrial uh, innovation. Um, uh, we also support services, the services sectors. Um, uh, we have that, uh, and that deals with the film and television production incentives, uh, the global business services. 
infrastructure, and then we also have uh, manufacturing development incentives, um, which would include the likes of uh, your auto, your auto sector chair, and also would include um, technology, uh, thrip, uh, technology, um, uh, the, the basically the partnerships that we have um, in, in doing research in terms of technology and 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 um, yeah technology and so forth, uh, doing research with institutions for technology in the space of science, engineering, and uh, yeah, with um, the, our, basically some of the universities that we have in the department. Um, chairperson, another incentive that we have, uh, it's, it's uh, industrial financing. Um, we, uh, there's a loan that we give to the IDC as well, um, which they, they then um, uh, further uh, distribute as part of their processes again to 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 expand uh, within the various sectors that they they look into uh, as and when people apply. Um, Chair, in program six, um, again the issue of um, why did we why did we understand really? Um, I had given a reason earlier earlier on, but also. We did have a few applications due to the economic downturn, which the DG had alluded to. Um, but uh, how the incentives also work is when you give out an incentives, uh, they work in a reimbursive manner. Uh, so there are certain conditions that we put in place that people need to meet. Um, so there'll be key performance requirements that they need to meet. So there are certain guidelines that are set out for the various incentives. And if the applicants have not complied with those um, uh, with those guidelines, we are not able to 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 disperse funds to them. So, if those uh, requirements are not adhered to, we won't disperse, and therefore that will definitely result to underspending. Um, but chair, um, I'm happy through the DG. Given that this is our biggest spending line item, I'm happy that as a department uh, through the DG chair, we could come and actually unpack uh, all the different and various. Um, incentive programs that we have within the department. Um, but basically, yes, that's what we do. We, we assist uh, the various sectors that I've, that I've, that I've mentioned um, in, the, in the, that I've mentioned earlier on, yes. Um, yeah. And uh, I think I've answered all the questions that had to do with finance. I'm not sure if I left anything else, DG. Um, no, I'll thanks, hand over Arine. back to the DG. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Irene. If we can then call upon Ms. Lerato Matuboche um, um, to then respond to the question from Honorable Burns Nomashi. Lerato? Thank you. Thank you, DG. Um, thank you, um, Honorable Members and colleagues. I think the, the DG has started to outline uh, some of the elements in answering the question, so I'll just add um, onto, onto what I was already said. So fundamentally, as a department, how we support uh, businesses um, abroad and how we, we contribute to them being competitive um, in, 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 is really to, to help them access new markets. Um, we do it, in I would summarize and say, in five ways. As a department, the first one, of course, is in the realm of trade negotiations. And here, this is where we are establishing a predictable environment for our businesses, uh, whether we are negotiating on the, on the African continent or we are negotiating an economic partnership agreement with the EU or whichever trading partner we're negotiating with. At the heart of it is that we want to have predictable rules for our companies and, of course, as far as possible, um, carve out um, special concessions, as it were, for our businesses. So our trade negotiations 
as an instrument for, for sustaining our businesses is quite important. Secondly, um, is our intervention in the realm of exporter development. We are cognizant that as an economy, you know, we don't have enough enterprises that are able to export, um, that are able to operate in global markets. So we have a dedicated program where we capacitate, we train, we, we, you know, we provide the tools, as it were, to new enterprises, as well as large enterprises even, um, that have not yet um, accessed the export market. So this is where our Global Exporter Passport Program comes in and other um, exporter training interventions come in. Um, the third intervention is in the export promotion realm. So here we are saying, you know, once we've, we've negotiated these uh, rules for our businesses, we need to be able to assist them to access markets, um, access new markets as well as optimize current markets that they're in. So in the, in the market access space, we then use uh, particularly the Export Marketing Investment Assistance Scheme, MEA scheme, to support uh, businesses to go abroad in different ways. Some it could be to a trade exhibition, some it could be to, you know, on a, on a trade mission, as the acting CFO mentioned, that there's particular guidelines uh, for support. Uh, for some, we reimburse the companies, for some we pay in total, so it will depend on one, the size of the company, um, et cetera. So we make sure then that we, we support South African businesses to access markets abroad and provide financial assistance to do that. Um, the fourth way in which we support as well is with our Export Credit Insurance Corporation, which is one of the DTIC agencies. Here, um, the agency provides insurance cover, risk, uh, risk guarantees, insurance cover, as it were, for our companies that want to export as well as that want to invest abroad. The last mode of intervention is um, with respect to, I would, I would call it our diplomatic capital, as it were, our government-to-government interactions. Now, this is where we optimize the environment for our businesses abroad. This is where we utilize the, the, the government muscle, you know, the ministerial office, the presidential office, to raise particular issues and bottlenecks that, are, that our companies are facing abroad or to to highlight opportunities that our, our companies want to pursue abroad through uh, BNCs. I think that members may have seen in the in the report that we hosted BNCs. It's not just for its own sake. Those are very strategic platforms where we raise and carve out uh, opportunities for our companies abroad and use government-to-government interactions to, to facilitate those. So those are the key five interventions, um, uh, honorable members. But all the overarching support that underpins all five of them is really our economic research and analysis capability. Uh, you know, we, we offer research to, to companies. Some may want to know, you know what is the risk profile of Angola, for example. So we would be offering that sort of um, support to our businesses and also on the ground market intelligence through um, our foreign economic representatives abroad, where the DTIC is represented by uh, FERs, uh, we also get on the ground market intel that we share um, with our companies abroad. So, so we are we are very uh, deliberate and 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 quite committed to making sure that we 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 enable South African companies to be competitive in the global market space because scale is important. South African economy is too small um, to sustain the kind of growth that we want. So we're very clear that our growth also lies 
uh, abroad. So, uh, DG, I hope I've covered um, what what is required, and I'll hand back over to you. Thank you, Loracho. Chair, just um, just in closing, uh, there was uh, a question from Honorable Moache around the support uh, for the film uh, industry, and then there was a question of around the jobs on a particular project. I'm going to uh, ask um, Ms. Reika Jiwan, the acting DGG for Industrial Finance, to respond very quickly to that, and Chair, then we can then close at that at, this, at that point and hand over back to you. Thank you, Chair. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, DG. Uh, good morning, members and colleagues. Um, just with regard to the breakdown around the film and TV production incentive, uh, as we are aware that South Africa has been, you know, a, a very favoured destination uh, for foreign and local filmmakers. Um, what we have had is very competent local technical technicians and local companies that are able to supply technical requirements of filmmakers. And that is in the areas of cameras, uh, tracking equipment, lights, sound, and post-production facilities. Um, we also have a wide range of uh, actors and extras uh, for you know, lead and smaller roles. And this is the basis uh, on you know, which uh, the Film and TV Production Incentive has attracted both you know, international and local filmmakers and to promote, uh, promote a development of local uh, industry as well. So uh, they're broken down into three areas, which is the film and uh, foreign film, TV, television production, and post-production, the South African film and television production and co-production, as well as the South African emerging uh, black filmmakers. Um, to the question around you know, the, the breakdown, uh, the percentage of uh, uh, South African uh, and local movies uh, and the emerging black filmmakers that have been supported. We have supported four or seven projects, and that is amounting to 44 million rands of uh, approvals. Um, with regard to the breakdown of the 329 jobs, uh, 179 of those jobs are uh, through the local you know, film industry, which is the emerging black filmmakers and the South African uh, film and TV production and co-productions. The balance would be to the uh, foreign uh, movies, and that is largely because the foreign movies have you know, larger budgets to spend and um, uh, they, they uh, employ more people. Um, I just also thought, uh, DG, I'll take the opportunity also to respond to the question around the um, uh, structural, um, uh, uh, yeah, the, the, the uh, uh, localization and the structural spin-offs and transformation. Um, with regard to that, uh, so we have different, you know, various incentive programs that have specified objectives and targets, and this is where the DTIC partners in cost shares with business to achieve, you know, objectives of job creation, transformation, localization, and inclusive uh, growth. So we have SPY and the TRIP programs, and these are programs that essentially enhance skills development and innovative capacity of the manufacturing sector, as well as other incentive programs like the Automotive Support uh, Investment Support Program, which supports productive assets in order to improve productivity, create jobs, and also attempts to uh, balance you know, the automation of production processes and job creation. 
So all uh, incentive programs also target, uh, and we have implemented B, triple B compliance level as a mandatory condition, and this contributes to transforming uh, the economy. Um, what I would like to also emphasize on is that from the projects that uh, Program 6 has supported, we also uh, require companies to retain jobs for their for the incentive period. So it is essential that for us to disburse any payments, the jobs should be there and intact. Um, yeah, and um, Chair, if I may, I just wanted to also touch on, you know, the uh, whether companies have uh, survived locked, uh, the, the lockdown and, uh, and whether companies have closed down during lockdown. So um, companies have survived uh, lockdown and uh, we generally have an approximate 20% um, fallout rate. It's a general fallout rate, which is a cancellation rate, where companies um, may not reach uh, the point of disbursement. So they get an approval, but they may not reach a point where the project will actually uh, be established and they basically fall off the uh, incentive um, board. So, or you would find that there are companies that would actually um, uh, establish, but later on may not uh, uh, continue uh, uh, their operations. So that is ranging between a 20%. So companies during the lockdown have survived, but there are various reasons why companies would actually not uh, remain on our books. And that could be, you know, they, they request, uh, uh, they delay their start of production dates um, uh, because of, you know, they're not in a position to uh, reach financial closure. Uh, some may not comply to the incentive guideline, guideline rules, such as triple B compliance, um, uh, the job creation uh, requirements, the job retention requirements. And in some instances, some uh, do not have the information that we require in order to process their uh, claims. So it becomes extremely difficult on the part of the DTIC, uh, particularly when we're expending public funds, to then verify uh, certain key um, uh, criteria uh, in order to disperse. Um, yeah, thank you, uh, Chair, and thank you, DG. Thank you, DG. Is there any other person who must respond? I'm just uh, very aware no, of time. We're running slightly over time. So we can conclude at this point. Thank you so much. Thank you. Oh, you're not going to make concluding remarks. You've concluded, DG. Okay. Uh, from the department side, okay, uh, I think the questions that were raised um, uh, um, always assist in, in how we, we, we would then craft our new plans. We have presented our new annual performance plan and Chair, we're looking forward to also present our annual report once that has been completed. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, uh, DG and the team who has been with us this morning. And thank you for taking time to answer all, uh, all the questions that have been posed by members. But I'm sure if there is anything that has not been answered, members will um, receive a response via um, in a writing. But as far as I can see, you have covered most of the uh, comments that and questions that the members had. So uh, members, um, 
In concluding with that agenda item, it's now 13 minutes past 11. We were supposed to break at 11 for 15 minutes, but I want to ask that we just break from now until 20 past 11 and then proceed with our next agenda item. So thank you to the department for attending this meeting. Thank you. Committee secretary, is that in order? Chair, that's in order, Chair. We will reconvene at 20 past as, 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 as you determine, Chair. Thank you.
honorable members. Thank you very much. I'm sorry I'm a minute or too late. Um, we are now considering our next agenda item. At our committee meeting on the 17th of May 2022, the Secretariat, with the support of the Parliamentary Legal Service, Services Office, provided options to the committee on how it could proceed in considering the referral of the committee's report on the appointment of the chairperson of the board of the Lotteries Commission by the National Assembly. Uh, the committee resolved that the two options uh, presented by the Secretariat and the Parliamentary Legal Advisor on the report on the appointment of the NLC chairperson be considered by the party caucuses and parties present their positions on the matter at today's committee meeting. The purpose of today's meeting is you are for, I don't know if it's me alone. I can't. We can hear you, Chair. Okay, I think you must just move around to improve your um, network reception, Honorable Tuaku. The purpose of today's meeting is therefore to afford political parties an opportunity to express their views on each option and for the committee to, to take a decision in this regard. Before we proceed with our deliberations and considerations, I would like to request Ms. Gangan, the Parliamentary Legal Advisor, uh, to provide legal guidance on whether any legal impediments exist with regard to the two options available for the committee's consideration. But can I just first ask... Sorry, Chair, I don't know if it's me alone. I... Yes, it is you alone, Honourable Tswaku, so you need to move to where your reception is better. Other members have confirmed. I note your hand, Honorable Mbuyani. I'm sorry, Chair, but you are breaking. Honorable Tswaku, I think I must ask the committee secretariat to deal with Honorable Tswaku because it is his reception. Other members have confirmed that my reception is fine and that they can hear oh, okay. me. So you must just, but I can hear you clearly, Honorable Tswaku. So as I say, I'm, I'm recognizing Honorable Mbuyani's hands and I see Honorable Tswaku's hand also. But let me first just ask the committee secretary to take us back to the um, referral back of the report. And then I'll hand over to Honorable Gangan and then I'll take uh, Honorable Mbuyani, Honorable Tswaku and Honorable Cuthbert in that order. Thank you. Um, Chair, for the purpose you want me to 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 highlight the report that was was, yes. was originally adopted, Chair. Chair, yes. at the at the report that was adopted on the twelfth of March last year, the previous before the committee concluded, the committee submitted four names to the parties to consider, which was Mr. Plamini, Mr. Silani, um, um, Mr. Petiana, and. Dr. Matsubindila. The committee then concluded its deliberation and recommended to the to, to the House the names of Dr. Matsubindila, Mr. Tisolani, and Mr. Petiana for consideration 
as a result of this. Subsequently, we were informed that one of the candidates were, has since passed away, hence the report, and that the report was revived after, uh, um, of, uh, on the 22nd of May, March and referred back to the Portfolio Committee to consider. As you indicated, we provided two possible options and now we can proceed. And as you requested, Ms. Gangan, to, to, to indicate whether there are any legal impediments, whichever option committee takes. Thank you, Chair. Thank you very much, Advocate Gangan. Thank you, Chairperson. Good morning to all on the platform this morning. I'm not going to take the committee through the background. I think the committee secretary has um, done so adequately. I'm going to dive straight into the regulatory framework um, that can guide the committee in making their decisions. So for purposes of um, today's um, proceeding, I'd like to speak about the principle of legality. The principle of legality demands that the exercise of any public power must be conferred upon a functionary by law. So a public functionary can only perform these functions conferred upon it by law, and lawfulness and rationality flow from this principle of legality. Section one of our constitution ensures that South Africa is founded on the rule of law, and section 33 of the constitution guarantees that everyone has the right to administrative action that is lawful, reasonable, and procedurally fair. What we see in the Constitution that protects us is that the Constitution calls for transparency and accountability based on rational, rationality and reasonableness. We also look at what's important for our purposes is Section 195 of the Constitution, that says that basic values and principles governing public administration, there must be a high standard of professional ethics, public administration must be accountable, accountable, and transparency must be fostered by providing the public with timely, accessible, and accurate information. Section 59 of the Constitution provides that the National Assembly must facilitate public involvement in the legislative and other processes of the assembly and its committees. Um, and that public administration must be broadly representative of the South African people. Just to discuss what I think is important for today, from the Lotteries Act, it is clear that the shortlisting process is the mandate of the Portfolio Committee on Trade and Industry. That much is clear. The requirements for the openness and accountability further supports this interpretation, namely that this relevant committee of the National Assembly should deliberate on the nominations to provide recommendations for the appointment to the minister. The committee has two options available to it, like I've advised in the past, and in making the decision of which option to pursue, while there's no legal impediment in pursuing either of the two options, the committee's decision has to be rationally connected to the purpose it seeks to achieve, it has to be lawful, and it has to be in line with the principle of legality. Shortlisted candidates are not ordinarily automatically bumped up on the list in the event of a difficulty with the successful candidates. This would, however, depend on the circumstances of each case and having regard to all the relevant factors. It is, however, as I've said in the past, the committee's prerogative to decide 
if they can satisfy themselves as to the suitability of the candidate that has not made the initial shortlist. If the committee, however, is of the view that the remaining candidates on the shortlist are not preferable, the committee would have to be in a position to justify and defend their decision. If the committee wishes to start the process anew, the committee would have to, given the existing circumstances surrounding the, Na the National Lotteries Commission, would have to consider the effects of delaying the appointment, the costs involved in the process if they were to start afresh, and the practical implications generally of having to start this um, entire process again. Um, if I were to give the committee any guidance, I would, I would say that in making this decision, whatever the committee decides, the committee has to do so timelessly um, and, 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 and post haste to just finalise the situation as speedily and effectively as possible. Thank you, Chairperson. Thank you very much, Ms. Gangan. Um, I will now uh, recognize Honorable Umbuyani, then Honorable Tswaku, because his hand was up pre previously, and then Honorable Kakwe. Honorable Umbuyani. Chairperson, thank you once again. Uh, Chair, in light of the referral and uh, from the procedural perspective, uh, we had the following option available for the committee to consider. Uh, one was the committee consider adding an additional name to replace Dr. Matibandila and submit the revised report to the National Assembly for consideration. The other one was the committee having considered the above development since the initial report was published, resolved to inform the National Assembly to intervene and write to the minister to request him to start uh, afresh the process. Uh, then therefore, Chairperson, uh, the ANC has given us a mandate last week, an opportunity to go and consult our constituents and give and get a mandate. The ANC is of the view that the stability of the National Lottery Commission is paramount important for the transformation of the society. This calls on this committee to expedite the process of finalizing the appointment of the credible board. We therefore believe that there's no need to restart the process that it will delay the matter even further to detrimental of the ordinary South Africans. Our recommendation, therefore, to the committee is that we submit the remainder of the names that committee had shortlisted and recommended for the appointment of the chairperson of the board. The names uh, were as follows. Dr. Pichana, Terry Tselan, Temba Zamini, and the one which was followed was the comrade uh, Frank Chikani that will replace uh, the name of Mati Bandila. Thank you very much, Chairperson, for the opportunity. Thank you very much, Honorable Mbiani. Honorable Twaku. Honorable Yaku, I see Honorable Twaku is having connection problems. Uh, would you like to make an input, Honorable Yaku? Uh, hi, Chair, can you hear me? 
very clearly. Thank you. Proceed. Okay. Um, yeah. So, um, unfortunately, I wasn't there in the last meeting. Um, as you know, I've been, uh, I've, I've moved to another portfolio committee. However, I do think that the process must continue and the process must uh, be ex- expedited as, as soon as possible if you want to see change in the NLC. So, um, I, I am in support of uh, the names. Uh, uh, you know that the EFF is fully behind the name of Mr. Teletzerani. So, um, from yeah, so that that's my submission. Unless um, Honourable Chaco, when he's able to come back in, the conductor can just come in and maybe add a bit more. Thank you very much, Honourable Yaku. Honourable Kapper. Thanks very much, Chair. Can I carry on? Yes, please carry on. Honorable um, Twaku, I will come back to you. I've already given the floor to Honorable Cuthbert. Thanks very much, Chair. So just to continue, we are in agreement that there must be a name that is added. Um, However, there's one difference that we do have with Mr. Imbriani, and that's just a procedural difference. When we last discussed this before we were to submit the names to the House for them to be sent to the Minister, we had decided as a committee under the direction of the then chair that we would discuss four names um, to shortlist and then we would submit three. So I think keeping in line with the fact that we are following the same process, we must then only submit three names. Now, if you ask uh, Ms. Madulani to share the scoring template that we received at the time regarding the average scores that candidates received across the parties, you will notice that the person that is then due to be included um, is Mr. Tembert Lamini because he actually scored the second highest, but it was then decided by other members from other political parties that he should not be included at the time in place of another candidate. I think it was Mr. Pityana. So I think that we can agree that the process must continue. However, I think it's important that we go in line with the scoring. I think that's the most objective measure. And this is obviously something that was handled across parties and everyone was given an opportunity to provide the scoring proportionally. And I think it's only fair that we keep in line with the scoring to ensure that this is a merit-based process. Chair, there's one additional thing, and if you will indulge me, um, I was not aware that we were going to have the parliamentary legal advisor here. And there's something that is rather urgent that has come up. Um, And I know that you've also been tasked with this particular matter, and I'm sure you would also appreciate the clarity. But there was a recent assertion uh, by certain community organizations, as well as uh, the media, that the process that was followed in terms of the appointment of board members was irregular. Now, my reading of the legislation, um, as well as my understanding Um, having spoken to my colleagues who previously served on the committees, that that process was in line. Um, Is it possible, uh, with your indulgence, that Ms. Gangan can just confirm that the process followed by the Minister in appointing board members was in fact correct and that it is in line with the Lotteries Act of 1997? Thank you, Chair. Thank you. I would like us to uh, not ambush Ms. uh, Advocate Gangan on that matter but we can raise it uh, to request her to come to us with a legal opinion on that matter uh, to our next meeting. But at the moment, we are looking at the NLC chairperson, just in terms of our agenda, 
And the committee, if it is supported by a majority, can this can uh, change their decision in terms of, I think we are um, we are allowed to submit up to five names. But I think for the purposes of this meeting and to satisfy everyone, we can decide, are we going with the ANC decision to submit four names? Or are we going to stick to the um, committee's original decision to submit three names? Also, we can ask um, the committee secretary to, to uh, put up the... Uh, the score sheet from the interviews. Ms. Yaku? Honorable Yaku? Um, thank you very much, Chair. Um, the last time, if I remember correctly, it was the ACDP that was motivating for four names. However, the committee had agreed on three names. We just made a consensus because the ACDP had then wanted a fourth name. Um, and and um, I, I, I'm not sure if we then want to deviate because we only went for four names because the ACDP had motivated for four names. Um, and, and that's why we did that. Um, I, I don't think Reverend uh, Chikane would be, uh, would be needed in this election, in my opinion. Um, however, I will let the good doctor then um, just, we'll, we'll discuss uh, further some other time. Chairperson? Yes. Yes, Chairperson. Just to, to, to follow procedure, Chair, there is two um, proposals on, on the floor, one by the ANC and one by the, the Democratic Alliance. Chair, we, those proposals don't have seconders. Before we can consider whether we want four names or three names, we need just to, to have those proposals seconded that we can consider it formally in the committee, Chair. Thank you very much for that guidance. Um, Honorable Mbuyani has made a proposal for four names to be submitted to Parliament. Can I have a seconder for that proposal? Honorable Burns Mamashi. Thank you very much, Honorable Chair. My, my, my view is that, Chair, uh, I, I second first uh, the four names. Uh, whether we submit three, four. So thank you. We lost you a bit. What is what is what you are seconding the um, proposal for four? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seconding the four names. Yeah, the, the four names because I'm saying whether we submit three, four, five, the minister will appoint one person. Okay, thank you so much. Then we have our second proposal on the table. Thank you. Is for the retention of the, for us to retain our previous decision to submit three names. Can I just have a seconder for that uh, proposal? Sorry, Chair, it's uh, Dean McPherson. I second the proposal. Thank you. Thank you very much. There's a, a seconder from Mr. from Honourable McPherson. So we'll then, uh, Committee Secretary, put it to the vote because we have two proposals that have been moved and correctly seconded. Okay, that's correct, Chair, because there are two proposals. The committee then have to consider those each proposal and then we'll, based on the outcome of that pr proposal, proceed on the way forward, Chair. 
Okay, so how do we vote? Okay, we will then, sub, uh, I would suggest we, we put the first proposal by the African National Congress uh, before the committee for its consideration, and then we'll put the second proposal after that. Thank you. So can we then uh, ask you to go through the list of members present in this meeting? And those who obviously have voting rights, which excludes, I think, Honorable Yaku. That's correct, Chair. Um, the, um, all members are present and all members have a vote. So we, I'll call the names of each member. Then we'll, uh, on the first um, 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 proposal, Chair, and we'll go from there. May I start, Chair? Yes, proceed. Mr. Mubayani. Thank you, Chairperson. I vote for the four names to be appointed. Ms. Muatsi. Thank you, Chairperson. I vote for the four names to be appointed. Mr. Benson Lamashe. Four names to be submitted. Mr. Mulder. Mr. Mulder. Um, Chairperson, the Freedom Front will abstain from voting. Mr. McPherson. Mr. McPherson. Yes, sorry, I'll vote against the ANC's proposal. Thanks. M Mr. Fring. Mr. Fring. He's not on the platform at the moment, Chair. Mr. Cuthbert. I vote in favor of submitting three names, Chair. No, I think the vote is for the first proposal. Well, I vote against that one. Against, yes. Okay, thank you. Ms. Mutahun. Thanks, Chairperson. I vote for four names to be submitted. Mr. Tswaku. I abstain. The EFF abstains. Mr. Malamatia? I vote for four names to be submitted. And Chairperson, you also have a vote, Chair? I vote in support of the proposal, the first proposal. Um, Chair, the outcome of the, for, for, the, for the first um, 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 matter is we have six votes for in favour of submitting four names. We have two votes against submitting four names, and if we have two abstentions, Chair. Chair, as a result of that, we can put the other matter forward before the committee of those who are in favor of the three, uh, uh, um, submitting only three names. I will go with the names again, Chair. Mrs. Hermans, we'll start with you. Against? Mr. Mubayani. Against the proposal of three names, Chairperson. Thanks. Mr. Muat, Muatsi. Thank you, uh, Chairperson. I vote against. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mulder. I vote for the three names, Chair. Mr. McPherson. I'm in favor. 
Mr. Thing. I don't think he's on the platform. Mr. Cuthbert. Are those in favor of the three names, Chair? Mr. Wichahun. Am I against the three names? Mr. Tswaku. Abstain. Mr. Malamache. I'm against the three names. Chair, we have the outcome of that for the second um, 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 proposal. We have six six um, votes against the submitting of four names. We have three names in favor of, um, um, of that proposal, and we have one abstention. Chair, the first proposal has the majority votes. That committee submit four names to 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 the house for for to recommend to um, for, for recommendation to the minister of trade in, in competition regarding the appointment of the chairperson of the board of the national trade commission chair. Can I just check, uh, honourable Ben Amashi? Do you have a follow-up question? Oh, uh, thank you very much, uh, the honourable chair. It's just that on the second round, I didn't hear my name uh, being mentioned by uh, you did. the secretary. Oh, okay. Just uh, for the record, uh, give us from the second uh, option. Uh, obviously, I will uh, vote against three. Okay. Thanks. Okay, thank you. Chair, we then have, as, as indicated, that the majority, the first proposal to, to, to submit four names has, uh, has the majority vote, Chair. So we'll then proceed in light of that, Chair. Um, then we, Ms. Yaku raised the hand, Chair. Yes, I just want to, as I take Honorable Yaku's name, I want to confirm the four names that are going forward of those who scored the highest in the, in the, in, in the shortlisting interviews. Honorable Yaku. No, thank you, Chair. Actually, um, it's got nothing to do with the voting. I just needed, for the sake of co uh, con what is the word continuity, um, the Honourable Chaco is Doctor Chaco, not Mister Chaco. Thank you. Oh, okay. I when I spoke to him on our oversight, he said he was busy, so I didn't know his doctorate has been confirmed. And our apologies, Doctor Chaco. Um. We'll correct this going forward. Congratulations, by the way. We are very Thanks. proud of, Thanks, of young intellectuals. <laughs> Chair, we were also not aware, Chair, but congratulations on Dr. Tswaku. We will formally, going forward, address him as Dr. Tswaku. Chair, we, you wanted, um, there was a request, if I'm correct, that you want the, the um, scoring to be, to be shared, Chair? Yes, please. Okay. We will ask the recording to be shared. Just go through the the chair, top four. The top four, the top four names chaired was Mr. Terry Salani with the 90s total of 90, Mr. Damini with a total of 86, um, Mr. Patiana with a total of 84, and Dr. Chikani with a total of 80. Obviously, Dr. Matsivandila, who since passed, has a, a total of 85. So the top four has a total of 80 and above chair. Thank you. Thank you very much. So the uh, uh, committee, we then, this PC committee then confirms that 
Those four names as tabled now in this uh, committee meeting will be forwarded uh, in the report to the National Assembly. Will the report still come, the final report still come back to us? Committee no, Chair, we, we, uh, what we've done in light of the two proposals, we've prepared two reports because we don't didn't know what the outcome was, Chair. And so we can flight the report that the report formally can be tabled and 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 and, and adopted by the committee. So if you, uh, we have Ms. Yaku and Mr. Bernstein on Marsh's hands, but we can then flight the report to formally to formally consider with the four names included, Chair. Okay, thank you so much, Honourable Yaku. I have another input. No, mine is a legacy hand, Chair. Sorry, okay. I'll take it down. Uh, Honourable Bernstein no, thank you, thank you, Chair. Mine was just um, in line with uh, the previous uh, Ms. Yago's uh, comment that uh, um, uh, Andre, uh, when you refer to Professor Pijan, uh, you must refer to him either as Dr. Pijan or Professor Pijan. Yeah, we must. People work very hard for for. They work very hard for this. Yes. It's not it's not one of those that are honorary. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, no. He, he, fully, he has worked for it. Yeah. Fully agree with that, yeah. Mr. Okay, so I table the report then, Committee Secretary. And 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 Chair Andre will be fine to refer to Royal Chess Minister. You must be careful, Andre. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mr. Bernstein, Mr. Bernstein, we had a discussion and you were indicating you're fine to not be calling Prince. Okay, thank you. Thanks. Chair, we will flight the, 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 the report, Chair, and we'll take it committed through the report. Thank you. Chair, we'll add the date to today's date. It's the second report of the Portfolio Committee because we had the first report that was tabled last year. And the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition submitted the request to the National Assembly in November 2020, requesting a recommendation on suitable candidates for appointment as the chairperson of the National Lotteries Commission. In terms of Section 3.3 of the Lotteries Act, the member contemplated in Section 3.1a of the Act shall be appointed only after the Minister has, by notice in the Gazette and in not less than two newspapers, circulated in every province invited interested parties to nominate persons suitable for appointment as chairperson and the relevant committee of the National Assembly has made recommendation to the Minister in relation thereto after transparent and open process of considering persons so nominated having due regard to the functions of the board. The committee published its initial report on the request and made recommendations on suitable candidates for the position of the chairperson of the board of the National Lotteries Commission. See the ATC, 17th March, page 12. The committee empowered by the NA Rule 1661B resolved to report on the matter to the Assembly, given the process it undertook to ensure an open, transparent process as required by the Act. However, in terms of the National Assembly Rule 341, the report lapsed on the last sitting day of the National Assembly for the 2021 annual session. The committee was also subsequently informed that one of the recommended candidates, Dr. Matsubin Dila, had passed away. On the 22nd of March, the National Assembly revived the report of the Portfolio Committee on Trade and Industry on the request by the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition 
to make a recommendation on suitable to on the suitability of candidates for the position of chairperson of the board of the National Lotteries Commission. See the announcement on ATC on 17 March, and it referred it back to the committee for further consideration. In light of the above, since the initial report was published and having drawn from the same and open process undertook by the committee, it resolved the names of Dr. Mr. Lamini and Re Reverend Chikani be added to the list. Therefore, the committee recommends that the House consider the following candidates for recommendation to the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition for the position of Chairperson of the Board of the National Lotteries Commission, Reverend Frank Chikani, Mr. Glamini, Dr. Ptiana, and Mr. Celani. Report to be considered. Chair, we can have a mover and a second for the for this proposal, Chair. Thank you very much. Um, uh, portfolio committee members, there we have the report on the uh, decision that we have just confirmed as this portfolio committee. Can I, by show of hands, have a mover and a second for this report, Honorable Mbuyani? Chairperson, thank you very much for the opportunity. I move that we adopt the report as presented. Thank you very much. Thank Before you. we move, Chair, can I ask a okay, question? We have moved already, so now we're looking for a second, Dr. Twaku. Oh. But uh, uh, speak. No, I was just saying that, Chair, I wanted to, uh, the, because this is the, the report of the committee. Yes. Proceed, Honorable Twaku. Oh, sorry, Dr. Twaku. Okay. Seems like we have lost Dr. Swaku again. Can I uh, then? We're still dealing with a with a proposer, and then of course uh, the seconder for the adoption. There has been a proposer by Honorable Umbiani. So can we then hear uh, with uh, Honorable Marzi for seconder? Thank you, sir. I second the move of the adoption of the report. Thank you very much. Are there any votes against? Honorable, Honorable Malamecha. Okay, I see he's dropped his hand. Honorable Cuthbert and then Honorable McPherson. Thank you, Chair. Please register the DA's vote against this report. And if I may, please request of the Secretariat that they minute the reasons for the DA's disagreement, because there's been a variance from the process we followed last time up until this time. Thank you. Thank you. Honourable McPherson. Yes, thanks. Please note the objection of the DA and also uh, the minuted uh, uh, ob objection, the reason for that objection. Thank you. Thank you. Honourable Mulder. Thank you, Chair. Please note the vote against for the Freedom Front Plus. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Honourable Twaku, uh, Dr. Twaku. Hello, Chair. Please note the we actually abstain as the EFF. Okay. But I'm just worried, Chair, that you, I, I, they say that my network is unstable, but when I have to vote, it, it, it's clear. Because I wanted to ask a question pertaining to that report before it was adopted. But it's really unfair. I'm hurt. Oh, I, it was not intentional. We really couldn't. You just froze. But if it is something substantive, Dr. Twaku, you may still raise the question. I'll allow it. 
You know, Chair, I was just worried that because there were two names that were added, Reverend Chikane and Tildamin, and then now you find that in the report that is uh, supposed to be adopted now, you find that on, 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 on page number two, is it, a, is, it a, is it intentional or maybe not intentional to have their names being mentioned first in the order? Yeah, well, you said the following names, Chikane, Lamini, and all those ones you know, are considered. Is it something intentional or is not intentional and all of that? It just sounds, uh, you know, it, 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 for me, it doesn't, doesn't look right. Thanks. Okay. I, I was also looking at that, but I assume that it was in alphabetical uh, order. Committee that's said correct. That's correct, Chair. It was purely in alphabetical order, Chair. Okay. Thank you very that's much. Fine. Thank you. Uh, members, that concludes our deliberations for today. And um, can you, I just ask the committee secretary to inform us of our next meeting? Chair, our next scheduled meeting is scheduled for tomorrow, where we will continue with the deliberations on the remitted bills, Chair. We also uh, will look at the first draft of the oversight report. Chair, we have submitted the overdraft report to members for their consideration and indicated that editing is ongoing. And we you, also you mean request... oversight or overdraft? Oversight. Recording um, in progress. Have a good day further, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. Long live, Chairperson. Long live, Chair. Malibongwe. Long live, the Chair. Hey, my God. Recording stopped. I was dealing with you brutally. I'm going to man. Hey.